Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Because that second song, in fact, Chuck, whoever's back there, is it possible for you to bring up that second song, just the chorus line? Can you do that just for the sake of having those words up there? If you can't, there's, it's not a big deal. Notice what those words say. Can you back up, I think? Go back one more line, maybe two more lines. Let me, let me just kind of get where I want it to be. That's fine. Go back to where it was, and I'll read through it. Yes, that one right there, I think it is. It says, as I walk into the day, or into the days to come, I will not forget what you have done For you have supplied my every need, and your presence is enough for me. Next one. It doesn't matter what I feel or what I feel. It says it doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be in your promise to me. Go on to the next one. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be in your promises to me. Those are the words that we just sang. Now, I don't know if you came tonight with an expectation of worshiping God or getting into God's presence or just coming to church and doing something that you do out of formality. But if you've sang those words and those words are real to you, it ought to light something up on the inside. And if you recall, in the last several weeks, we've been ministering on the subject of faith from the application of who we are in Christ. And I find it interesting that just as we have been talking about this subject of faith, even though there's a smaller group of individuals, there's a spirit of faith that rests on this church, and there's a spirit of faith that is being cultivated in the hearts of those that want it to be cultivated within them. There's a spirit of faith. There's a, the spirit of God is moving. And I find it interesting that in the season that we're in, that it seems like the enemy is doing so much to oppose this church. I'm seeing it in people's finances, in people's jobs. I'm seeing it in people's marriages. I'm seeing it in multiple positions of people's physical health. And so isn't it interesting that When it comes to stirring up this subject of faith or beginning to teach on it, we've got to actually begin to put it into practice. Do we believe what the Word of God says? Do we believe those lyrics of the songs that, God, you have already paved the way. Your presence is all that I need. You've made all your supply available to me. And if we truly believe that, it would stir something up on the inside of us to where we would not be moved by circumstances, but get a bulldog tenacity to where we just hunker down and we fight. Now again, we're going to talk about that fight a little bit tonight. But Abraham Lincoln, he said this. He said he was asked concerning his little dog because he had a little dog. And, and there were some neighbors that had bigger dogs. And they always said, you know, your dog always seems like he's always winning the fights. 
And they said, how is it that your little dog seems to win all the fights? He says, well, your big dogs, when they come in and they begin to scrap, he says, they don't get mad until they're halfway through the fight, and then they start fighting. He said, my dog just shows up mad. Right? What's that mean? That means we've got to go through life mad in the sense of saying, bless God, the Word of God says it, therefore that settles it. Devil, it don't matter what you say because it's already established. You lose, I've won, it's done. It doesn't mean that he's not going to come and, and, and bring opposition, sickness or symptoms of sickness, discouragement in marriage, doubts of life. Trouble in finances, questions that don't seem to have answers to them. He's going to come. But the question is, is are we going to trust God and believe God at his word and say, okay, God, whatever things look like, I know it's already established. Amen. Now, when, when you think about this church, like I said, all those different things that I just mentioned, we just sold the church or signed the papers to sell the church last Thursday. And upon signing the papers, all of a sudden we go over to the building and there's a leak in the roof. And they got to have some patchwork done in the, in, the, in the ceiling. Something going on in the backside of the building where there's water getting down in the downstairs. None of that was an issue before and all of a sudden it's an issue. It's like, you dirty devil, you're just trying to cause problems and prevent the sale from this, this building. But this building is a blessing, it's not a curse, and it's going to bless whoever is coming behind it. And so, again, it's just the devil. And when we got into this building, I don't know if I've shared this with you before. But in the old building, you know, there was ebbs and flows, ups and downs, just in attendance because, you know, the building was small. And so we didn't really have anywhere to go for that matter. So we needed to get into a new facility. Our pastor said to us, you need to get into a bigger building. We're thinking, yeah, sure, God, how do we do that, you know? But then all of a sudden, this building shows up. And this was the statement that I said to my wife. I said, we cannot afford to do it, but we can't afford not to. In the natural, it did not make sense. In the natural, it was not possible. But all things are possible to him who believes. And here we stand today in this building, and God just keeps on moving. And it's one miracle after another. Now, again, when it comes to miracles, don't talk like miracles are some big thing because miracles are not big things for God. Well, it would take a miracle to get that to happen. Well, that just means that you seem like your mountain's a whole lot bigger than what God is. God does miracles, and miracles are easy for God, and it's easy for me because it's something that is possible for me that believes, right? And so we're just continuing to trust God. And so I don't know what you have need of or what's going on in your life and what circumstance, but you're in the right place at the right time to hear what God needs you to hear tonight. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to jump into this tonight and really just kind of tag team on what we've been talking about concerning the subject of faith. If you recall in the last few weeks, we've been talking about this salvation that we've received and in this salvation that we receive, when we actually look at the literal translation of the Greek, the Bible tells us that that salvation comes as a package. That package is not just eternal life, but it's deliverance, it's preservation, it's, it's provision and prosperity, it's health and healing, it's protection from God. It's an all-encompassing package from God where His promises are yes and amen. 
But so many believers only are aware of the part of the package that says you have inherited eternal life. And even though we've got the other parts of the packages, we're not able to participate or take advantage of them because we think that God is so sovereign that just one day he might do it for us when all the while he said, I gave it to you. And we likened it, if you recall, we said it's like buying a brand new vehicle, that if you was to buy a brand new vehicle and you bought this vehicle that has a package, and in this package it has all the bells and whistles, it has the GPS, it has all the media stuff that goes with the power seats, leather seats, heated seats, it's just the full loaded deal. And so the dealer calls you up and he says, here's your car, and so you go to pick it up and he says, here's the keys. And so you walk up to the car, you put the key in the door to unlock the car, and you sit down in the vehicle, and you're thinking, man, this is exactly what I've wanted. Now, we made the the analogy of talking about the packages or all the options that you have. Because you can't just sit in the car that you got into and saying, how come the GPS isn't working? How come the radio isn't turning on? My booty is still cold because the heat is not coming up through the seat yet. Well, how is that? I've got to take the same key that got me into the vehicle to put into the ignition to engage the power. And as soon as I engage the power with the same key, it activates everything else that comes with that package or vehicle. Right? I can now listen to the radio. I can turn the heat down. I can begin to navigate my way from here to there with the GPS. And the only reason that I wasn't able to participate with it before was because I had a lack of knowledge. It wasn't based upon the sovereignty of uh, General Motors or Ford Motor Company that says, you know, hey, here's the car, and one of these days we'll get the package to you. We'll get all the other options. No, it's all encompassed when the price has been paid. And the price of salvation has been paid at the cross. Therefore, we have everything that belongs to that redemptive package. Now, thinking about that vehicle, if you think about it for a moment, just all those technical things, and, and, and this is maybe leaning maybe towards an older generation, but the older generation don't necessarily uh, get into all the techie stuff. Some do, but a lot of them don't. You know, cell phones, how do you use a cell phone? You know, computer, how do you turn it on? You know, ATM, we don't do those plastic cards. We deal with cash, right, because it's just too technical. I mean, an older generation seems as though they kind of shy away from the technology. Well, you think about it. If that person got in that vehicle and and they looked at the GPS and they're saying, I want to use the GPS to get from here to there, but it's just not working right. Now, it's brand spanking new. The price has been paid for that. It's in the package, but it don't seem to be working. How many of those individuals do you think would go back to the dealer and say, I bought this brand new, but the GPS isn't working? Now, common sense would be, it's probably not the GPS, it's probably me. It's probably the lack of knowledge based upon using the technology or this part of the package. So what do you do? You call somebody that might have a little bit more knowledge than you and say, help me with this. Help me learn this. Help me understand this. Help me take advantage of this. Or you might get the owner's manual and you'll start reading for yourself. Oh, that's how that works. And then you start talking to somebody like, well, exactly. That's what I've been trying to tell you all this time. 
You've been going to that other denomination called Ford Motor Company when you should have been over here in the Chevy Company and we should have been able to tell you all the things that you needed to know, right? Are you tracking with me? And so when you think about that, it's all based upon knowledge of what God's desiring for us to experience and for us to have. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We made a reference to this last week, but let's look a little bit further into this thing called the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Notice it did not say in the power of your might. Oftentimes when we're fighting the fight of faith, we like to get ourselves involved and we like to do things in the arm of our own strength. But how many of you know that doesn't go very far when the answer seems impossible? When you've done all that you know to do in the natural and the doctors are still saying, nothing we can do about it. He says, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, not just some of it, but put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to uh, stand against the wiles of the devil. Now let's stop there for just a moment. That word wiles in the Greek is methodos, which is our word of methods. He says, putting on the armor of God so that we're able to stand against the methods of the devil. So that means that the devil has techniques, has methods, has intentional ways by which he comes against the body of Christ. All right, it goes on to say here, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the enemy, principalities and powers, demonic host. That is who is opposing us. That is the one that's coming to attack the body of Christ, right? And notice he says this, that it is very specific or there's the method by which he comes against us. And the way that he comes against us or the method is the fiery darts. Well, what are the fiery darts? Symptoms, lies, thoughts, suggestions, poverty, lack, religion, tradition, wrong thinking, there's all kinds of things, if you will. But in everything that he does, he is very specific. 
intentional or having methods? Well, do you realize that he attacks you different than he attacks the person next to you? Because he knows how to come against you. He comes against me differently than he does you. So that tells me that if the armor of God is something that I need to put on, but he has specific methods, then that also tells me that the armor that I put on has to be specific for the method that he's coming against me. For instance, if he's coming against me with sickness and disease, and for that matter, if you didn't know it, the, the, the armor of God is the word of God in its entirety. But if he's coming against me in my physical body, and I say, well, I just need to put on the Word of God, or I just need to get into the Word of God. Well, if he's very specific in how the attack or the fiery dart is coming, then I don't want to go over to Genesis chapter 1 and say, well, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, I'm reading the Word. Well, what does that do to help you against the specific method by which he's attacking me? Does that make sense? So therefore, in fact, for that matter, on the natural side, if you had a leak in the plumbing and there's water that's coming all over the house, you don't call the electrician, do you? No, you call the plumber because that's the problem. Well, so if there's an attack from the enemy, that's the specific method by which I put the armor on. Does that make sense? All right, so let's look at this for just a moment. When we said that there's the method the method by which he comes. Now, my, my daughters, they help me out with these fiery darts for the sake of an example. All right, so the enemy comes at you. And he comes at you with some sickness or symptoms of sickness. And you don't know what it is at yet, but you just got some pains. Oh, man, that hurts. Some more pain comes. and Oh, my goodness, what's going on? Just... Oh, don't feel right. Something just not right in my body. And then you start thinking about it. And then all these thoughts start coming. And then you start Googling what the pains are. You go to WebMD and you say, oh my gosh, I'm dying. The symptom says I've got very little time to live. Come on, don't look at me that way. I know you go to those sites and start diagnosing yourself. So what ends up happening? I start getting in, into my head and the thoughts start coming into my head, right? And then I go to the doctor and the doctor confirms my worst nightmare. Yep, you've got such and such. I'm thinking, oh dear God. And so I start thinking about what the doctor said and all of a sudden, man, it's really, is it sticking? <laughs> oh, they both came off. Let me get them back up there. All right, there we go. All right, so now I've got... Not only my symptoms, but I got the doctor talking to me, and I'm really starting to think of all these things. And then before you know it, it's starting to get down into my heart, and I'm thinking, oh, dear God, this is huge. It is so big. And then I start letting my mouth hook up with all the chatter and all the talk, what's coming out of the abundance of my heart. My mouth speaks. Oop, don't want to do that on the microphone either, do you? All right, so now I've got all these fiery darts that are attacking my body, right? Okay? I didn't rehearse this, so forgive the... 
So now there's this mirror. And so I get into the mirror and I look at myself and I'm thinking, dear God, I got pains all over my body and man, I just don't feel right. And oh, dear God. And so everything that I see is what I feel, what I hear, and it's all based upon the fiery darts that have been thrown to get me off of my game. The symptoms, the body, the marriage, the finances, the struggles that I have, the depression, the darkness, this, all these things, right? And so the Bible says, put on the garments of praise. He says, put on the armor of God. He says, if the darts are coming... You've got to do something in exchange for the fiery darts. Okay, so I've got to be intentional. Again, this isn't the best example, but let's just pretend this is the armor of God. I start putting on the armor of God. In fact, for that matter, let me, let me wait up for just a second. So what I need to do is I need to get into the Word of God to begin to put on the armor of God. So I go to the Bible and it says here in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. It says, you are the Lord that healeth me. Well, praise the Lord. I got into the word of God. He is the Lord that healeth me. And so because I got into the word for two seconds. I feel like I put on the helmet of salvation. But then before you know it. You know the next part of the day I'm on my phone. I'm Facebooking. I'm just in my phone and. Before you know it, I've got three hours invested into my phone. I get home and I watch a little bit of TV and then I, I go to bed because I'm exhausted. And then I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about all the stuff. And here come the fiery darts. Here comes all the lies and the suggestions. What happened? The helmet fell off. Because all I did is put two seconds into putting the armor on. But the Bible says to meditate on the word day and night. Why is that? Because as I purpose to meditate on the Word of God, finding out what God's Word says. For instance, the Word of God says this in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. says, You are the Lord that healeth me. In uh, Exodus chapter 23, it says, You take sickness away from me in the midst of, from the midst of me, and the number of my days shall be fulfilled. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15 says, You take away from me all sickness. Deuteronomy 28 and Galatians chapter 3 says, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Psalms 103 says, You heal all my diseases. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, You sent your word and you healed, healed me and delivered me from all destruction. Psalms 91 verse 16 says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 118 verse 17 says, With long life will you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 22 says, Your word is life to me and health and it's medicine to my flesh. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely he hath borne my sickness and carried my pains himself, taking my infirmity and bearing my sickness. Uh, uh, and then lastly, uh, Isaiah 53, 5 says, By his stripes I am healed. What did I do? I just began to spend time meditating, feeding on the word of God, building my consciousness, not just having mental assent that comes and goes, but I'm building an awareness and a consciousness of what the Word says to the point that I begin to put the armor on. 
And as I begin to put the armor on, what it does is it covers up everything that the enemy ever tried to throw my way. Does that mean that there might be facts that says my body is not acting right? Yes, there are facts that says that's how my body's feeling. But the Word of God is a higher truth that supersedes the facts, and therefore this is subject to the armor or the Word of God. Now, every time I start looking into the mirror, well, man, I don't see those fiery darts anymore. Why? Because now everything that I see is based upon what I've meditated on and fed on and understood. Why is it that you were struggling in the past? Because all the fiery darts says you don't feel good, you don't look good, the doctor says your finances are shot, you don't have anybody to love and nobody loves you and whatever else is going on in your life. Right? But if I back off the Word of God, if I stop meditating on the word, getting into the word specific to the specific attack, what ends up happening? The armor starts coming off. I mean, two months ago, man, I was stronger than a giant. Man, I was tough, man. I was, my faith was strong. Well, you can't live off of two-month-ago faith. You got to continue to build the faith on the inside of you so that when you are facing it, or when the symptom tries to come back, or when you're continuing to stand, having done all, you're able to stand on the Word. But if you back off the Word, what is your focus going to be? And what are you going to see when you look in the mirror? You're going to see everything that the enemy's been throwing at you. Come on, are you seeing this tonight? Because this isn't no game. People are dying Losing their life, losing their livelihood, losing their marriages, losing their children because they just let the devil walk all over them, throwing the fiery darts. And the fact of the matter is, is that we seem as though we're trying to fight against the devil, but the fact is, is he's already defeated. Why do you have to fight somebody that is already defeated? The Bible says that, he had, that, that Jesus spoiled principalities. That word spoil means to paralyze. If somebody's paralyzed, that means they have no ability to do anything. I mean, the devil's sitting there in the wheelchair like a quadriplegic, and he's just talking away, and we're buying into it. If we ever found out how paralyzed he was, we'd be like, <laughs> oh, man, I've been afraid of you for so long. And look at you. Come on with your bad self. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, come on. Take your best shot. What are you going to do? But we've allowed the enemy to beat us up one side and down the other simply because he's gotten very good at throwing the fiery darts. And because we have not done our due diligence to grow, strengthen, and develop our faith, we buy into it. Once again, the job of the believer is to get into the Word of God to the point that you see yourself in the image of God's Word. Because here's the thing. We seem as though we keep fighting this fight. And sometimes the biggest fight that we have to fight 
is the fight not to fight. What do I mean by that? Let's go back to the car. You bought this brand new car. It's got the latest technology. That GPS is state-of-the-art, top-line. NASA uses this GPS. And you get in there, and you read the manual, and you're like, I know exactly what to do. And so you punch in the coordinates, and you say, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to go. And it comes on, beeps, and it starts talking to you. Well, hello, Mr. So-and-so. So glad to be on this journey with you. Your journey will be about 14 hours. We'll arrive there at this given time. We'll begin our destination heading down I-75, whatever. And you start on this journey. And then it comes back and it talks to you. In 17 miles, merge to the right and take exit, whatever. And it starts navigating you and telling you exactly how to get to the destination that you want. It's been paid for. It's in the package. It's your option. But all the while that you're driving, you got your atlas. Remember the old atlases? And as you're driving, you're going through it. Yep, all right, yep, we're on the right course. And you're driving your six hours into the road. And now we're entering into Illinois, Indianapolis. Please take the business loop. And you're thinking, okay, dear God, let me see. All right. Yep, yep, all right, yep, yep. That's right, we're doing this. Why are you looking at the atlas? You've got the state-of-the-art GPS in the vehicle, navigating the way. But what you're doing is you're not resting in the arm or the might of God. You're resting in the arm of the flesh, and you're fighting the fight in the flesh because you don't trust the GPS. And therefore, I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to make sure and do all this. Faith is rest. When you're trusting God... The fight of faith is entering into rest. If your mind is still warring and raging, then you're not into faith yet in spite of all that you think you're doing. Because when you're in faith, it puts you into a place of rest. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you don't do the other to continue to put the armor on, but when you've having done all and therefore I stand, I'm resting, not warring. Why am I warring? He's already defeated. No, my fight is not to fight. My fight is to get to that place of rest. God, this is a place of rest. I trust that I'm going and getting to the place that you have navigated me to. Amen? Are you tracking with me? Let's turn to Psalms 27, if you will. Psalms 27.
What helps me rest? Is it all the struggle, all the warring, all the hours of getting into the Word? You can put faith into your time of getting into the Word. You don't have to get into the Word and, oh, dear God, i got to get it, i got to get it, because if I don't get it, I'm going to die. That is not faith. That's working a work to try to get something. I've already got faith on the inside of me. The Word of God just fortifies what I already know. So I can release faith in the Word of God. God, yeah. Whoo, praise God. That's good stuff, man. That's, that's right. I'm the healed of the Lord. God, thank you. Oh, praise God. Okay, look at Psalms 27, verse 6. 27, verse 6, it says, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I'll sing praises to the Lord. Notice what he said. Bring a sacrifice of joy. Wow, isn't that interesting? A sacrifice of joy? I'm bringing a sacrifice of joy (laughs) to God. And I'll sing praise. What gets me from a place of warring in the flesh and the arm of the flesh to the place of victory? Joy and praising. If your head is going squirrely because of all the stuff, it's not about confession of the word. Oh, it's the word of God say. Oh, um, mm, I think I missed the number. What's the chapter? What's the verse? Ah, man, I don't know. No. The word is already in here if you've been meditating on it. Now, just to let joy erupt out of the, of the inside of you and begin to give God praise. Well, I don't really feel like I'm real happy right now. Then bring the sacrifice. Isn't it interesting? He says, bring a sacrifice of joy. (laughs) I want to cry right now. No, he says, get happy. Well, why would I get happy? Because I've already won. Why would I be happy? Because the devil's already defeated. Why would I be happy? Because the fiery darts are nothing more than a lie from the enemy. Yeah, but they're real. Yes, I realize that they are facts. I realize there's physical symptoms going on. But I'm not just a physical being. I am a spirit being. And therefore, the Word of God is a higher truth. So praise God. Woo, praise God. I'm the healed of the Lord. Devil, you cannot have your way. Oh, you're a liar and the father thereof. Therefore, I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. And when the devil says, what you laughing at? You say, I'm laughing at you, devil. Why are you laughing at me? Because you said I wasn't going to get healed. But I'm not trying to get healed. I already am healed. Amen. And you keep stirring up joy. If there was anything that you put your faith on to purpose to do, purpose to get to that place of joy. 
Because if you don't get to that place of joy and stirring that freedom up on the inside of praise, you'll continually be in your head over here trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. Praise says, I already got it. Praise God. Amen. Does it take faith? Sure it does. Does the enemy still come and talk? Sure he does. But you just continue to remind him. He tries to remind you of the symptom, the pain, the circumstance. What do you do? Remind him of your victory. Jesus already has led me in triumph. He made a public spectacle over you, of you. I'm already a victor. I'm not fighting from a place, or excuse me, I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from a position of victory. I've already got it. Amen? So when the symptom comes, when the lie comes, you remind the devil. And you just get happy. But once again, you got to have your due diligence. you got to give of your due diligence. In fact, what time is it? I'll finish with this. Notice what it says. Let me get back to where I was, the verse that I wanted, Ephesians. Let me go here. Well, besides taking the time to get there, you remember what the Bible says? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Gird your waist with truth. Your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to be diligent about this life of walking with God. We have an epidemic within the body of Christ that we have a lot of schizophrenic Christians. Yeah, they're believers, they're going to heaven, but they're schizophrenic. Five, six days out of the week, they live like the world. They go and do and say and act like the world, and then on Sunday and maybe Wednesday, they get holy. Oh, praise the Lord. The Bible says that if your feet are shod, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, it's going to lead you to the right places. You're fooling yourself if you think, I'm going to live one way and expect the results of a different thing. I'm going to live out of one kingdom, but I'm going to expect the results out of another kingdom. It don't work that way. And unfortunately, we got a lot of believers that are disgruntled and upset and discouraged because they're like, well, how come? I'm praying No, the Bible says this, he that abides in me and my word abides in him, he will ask what he will and it will be done of him from from my father which is in heaven. We got people saying, well, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. Well, have you been abiding in him? Well, I go to church on Sunday. No, what have you been abiding in? Well, my feet have led me to the bar, my feet have led me here, and my feet have led me there. I've done this and I've done that. Well, Sounds like you're not abiding in the word. Sounds like you're abiding in the world. And you're asking, but the word, the word needs to abide in you in order for God to answer what you've been asking. Well, I can be a Christian and not be all that. That seems like that's that's over the top kind of Christian living. No, that's not over the top Christian living. That's just kingdom living. You can get to heaven. By living the way that so many do. But you can't be a disciple of Christ without abiding in the word. 
And you won't get the results of abiding in the word if you're abiding in the world. Amen? Say, I'm not schizophrenic. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of tonight? Praise God. You got something? Oh, you got the fiery darts, huh? All right, good deal. Amen. Well, that's all I got for tonight. Give me some feedback. Anybody get anything out of tonight? What'd you get? Yes. With faith, faith always produced rest. When Jesus said, let us go to the other side, he went down and slept. While his disciples said, well, look at the storm. Storms are going to come. But Jesus, in the midst of the storm, rested. Why? Because he already said, let us go to the other side. He already knew the answer and the outcome. The GPS was already set. Therefore, I can get into rest. What else? Anybody else get anything out of tonight? That's right. Time is running out. That's right. That's right. Well, what's the key to getting what you want? Repetition. So he's the most repetitious, consistent bugger there is, right? (laughs) So we just got to be as consistent. Amen. What else? Anything else? Rhonda. Meditation is good for the soul. Is that what you said? Absolutely. The Bible says meditate in the word day and night. That way you'd make your way successful and you'd... Make your way prosperous. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 8.18. Is that worth that? I think that's right. You're not familiar with that book of the Bible? It's the fifth one. (laughs) It's 8.18. Yes. Meditate on the word day and night. That way you you may make your way prosperous and that you would have good success. Check up on that. Anybody else? Anybody else got it? Anything else? Yes, Doris. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Amen. That's right. Yeah, when we, give, when we give it over to God, when we place it in His hands, we can stand a step, a step into rest. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything shows up the very next day. There's the walk of faith, and therefore we trust God and that He's bringing it to pass. And in fact, uh, with that being said, uh, we, we signed the papers to sell the building, and one of the things that my wife said to me, she said, so... Are, are, you, are you happy? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, give me something. I mean, like, are you not, like, just ecstatic? I'm like, well, yeah. Well, how come you're not just, like, emotional about it? Why are you not? Ah! Not emotional. Wrong word. Sorry. Excuse me, dear. Sorry. I stand corrected. <laughs> but what, what my point was, or what I said to her, I said, well, I said, there's one side of that we've been standing and believing, and the word of the Lord said, in six months' time, it'll be sold. So, did we really believe it when we believed it, or did we believe it when it showed up? 
Well, we did a lot of rejoicing and praising and shouting and sacrifices of joy six months ago. And through the course of six months, we already believed it. And when it showed up, it's like, God, you're good. You're faithful. You are so awesome. Amen. Praise God. Good stuff. Hey, I see. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.